welcome everybody to our Wolf with Them gathering here in Nature's Classroom on Nature's Path. Um, this is Freedom. I'm Colette Duval Pondella. Um, <laughs> Freedom is my featured wolf today for our Wolf Wisdom talk. Um, today, the name of my talk is called Feeling Free. Um, for those of you who know me, there's a lot of um, inspiration for these things, but um, of course I chose Freedom because of his name for Feeling Free. Um, he's an independent spirit, and I'm going to talk about that today, about all of us. Um, he couldn't be more independent. And even when I was bottle feeding him when he was younger, the others would cuddle with me afterwards, and he just would push away, and then he'd find some space close enough by, do you know what I mean? To be close enough, but not be with me. So I knew from the very get-go that he was going to be like that, because they all showed me that. And for those of you who have um, children, all of you know <laughs> how that works, too. So freedom is um, completely transparent also, and I want to talk about that. He is authentically who he is. He is a bratty boy. He is a brilliant boy. He is smart as a whip. He's manipulative, and he's also gorgeous and beautiful and powerful and loving. He doesn't hide from anybody. Look at him. He's hiding from you up here, but that's more about hiding from me because he doesn't want to work. <laughs> so he's just going to keep going around, so let him go around and take his space. He has no issues with marking everywhere he wants to mark. Do you know what I mean? Marking on top of everybody's mark and going wherever he wants to go, and that is his territory. Now, once he got used to socialization, used to having people's hands on him, do you know what I mean? He got through it. Because sometimes, you know, in the big crowds like this, this is a really difficult thing for a wolf. Um, but he was raised to it, and now he expects it. Because <laughs> there was no injury involved. It was all very loving. The energetic spirit he understands now of the human being. And so when we're trying to talk about, you know, the whole purpose of me doing these talks is to bring wolf wisdom to you. The whole of the pack dynamic, the uniqueness of each wolf and what they contribute to the pack in order to survive is a community. And that community translates to the same needs and the same ideas and the same uniqueness that we bring to a community to make the whole work. But somewhere along the way, the cooperative that happened that keeps this creature having survived the Ice Age do you know what I mean? One of our top tier apex predators and con contributes to the environment. We have kind of stepped back and thought, okay, I'm alone in this life and I'm going to be an individual and work just what I need to work. Even though the world is set up as a community, we get trapped sometimes and stuck sometimes and blocked sometimes so that feeling free is absent from our lives. So I'm going to talk about why, what we can maybe do about it, <laughs> and uh, just reflect on that for a minute. There is um, a quote by Roy T. Bennett. He says, to shine your brightest light, 
is to be who you truly are. To shine your brightest light is to be who you truly are. So with that, what we start with, for those of you welcome who have never been here before to the spiritual gathering, um, just relax in your chair. <sighs> Exhale. You don't have to hold on to yourself in here. The whole purpose to come back to nature is so you can relax into it. <laughs> so, oh, let the chair hold you. You can't fall. And then we're going to sing, I'm going to sing this meditative prayer for you. There is a universal intelligence, I believe. I call it God. Many people call it by any other name, whatever it is that resonates for you. But I know that it is intelligent and that it is creative and that it created everything seen and unseen, including us. And it's all magnificent. The most beautiful thing that you've ever seen on the planet, you are made of that stuff too. And we are all one in this life made of carbon that exploded from a planet eons and eons ago. And we are all connected in this energy on this thing that we call planet Earth. And I know that I am and you are perfect, whole, and complete manifestations of this creative energy. And I claim for each one of you that you have a divine purpose and that your heart's desire is leading you at all times in that direction so that you can accomplish the purpose that you are here, that you were born to do. You matter that much. And so I say thank you, thank you, thank you for all the good that has come to me before now, the good that is here with me now, and the good that is always coming into infinity for each and every one of you. And I release these words knowing that they are held in the hands of grace, whatever that means. And that the power behind my words create the form that is right for you and for me, for these animals. To create a world that is full of harmony, peace, and balance. I say, and so it is. 
you can say amen, you can say aho, which is the Native American, however it is that this truth, this universal truth can embody inside of you and you can take this home with you on that level. Herman Hess says, we are sun and moon, dear friend. We are sea and land. It is not our purpose to become each other. It is to recognize each other, to learn to see the other and honor him for what he is. Each the other's opposite and complement. So before we get more into the talk, I'm going to invite Greg Labom up. He is our special, <laughs> wonderful singing soul. Very talented, Greg LeBlanc, come up, and he's going to sing um, um, uh, Free Falling by Tom Petty. Sorry, I lost my place there. <laughs> so welcome him. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus, and America too. She's a good girl, crazy about Elvis, loves horses, and her boyfriend too. It's a long day living in Reseda. There's a freeway running through the yard. And I'm a bad boy because I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. And I'm free. Gonna leave this 
when you've lifted a weight off of your, do you know what I mean? Something is lifted, something's been accomplished, you get to a certain point, you know? Yay! <laughs> we want more of life to feel like that. I don't know about you, but I want to feel like I am free-falling all the time into something. Have you guys heard of this thing called new, uh, heart math? Not new math. <laughs> heart math. Here's what it is. Heart math deems that integral elements of the model for who we are and who we can be are thoughts, feelings, and intentions that we have every single day. After two decades of studies, heart math researchers say other factors such as the appreciation and the love we have for someone or the anger and anxiety we feel towards someone can influence and can alter the outcomes of each individual's DNA blueprint. Think about it. So are you having loving thoughts? Or are you having thoughts of anger and revenge and hatefulness? Do you know what I mean? Hating your fellow man, hating things. Where are you resonating every day? Did you know that it is affecting your DNA? This is pretty scary. <laughs> Now, I did this talk last year, so it's, um, uh, I just, I had this moment to bring it back. <laughs> so, The Biology of Belief is a book that was written by um, Bruce Lipton. I read it almost 15 years ago. I don't know about it. I don't know if you know about it. But he discovered as a physicist and as a physician, working especially with diseases, that we have these um, genetic blueprints that he says that we're born with but that we can change them through energy. And so your thoughts about your health, the thoughts about how you feel about your genetic background, the thoughts that you feel about your DNA, change based on your thoughts. So it sounds really simple, right? But um, it's very, very intricate. So some people get their, their information. I'm, I'm a science geek. I like to... I like to back up what I believe by something that's scientifically proven. I'm just stubborn that way. <laughs> there isn't much that I take on faith. So, what um, Bruce Lipton says is the universe is one indivisible dynamic whole in which energy and matter are so deeply entangled it is impossible to consider them as independent elements. 
So just take everybody in this room. We are not independent elements. We are energy expressing as individuals in a room spinning with energy with each other. And right now, talking about thoughts, that is energy. So now they did three different studies and they found out that we were all connected through DNA. And basically, I'm not gonna read all of it, but they basically put a person in a room, they took some of their DNA and put it in another room and then they threw thoughts at them and feelings and beliefs and at the same exact moment, they were photographing the DNA and the changes under a microscope and it was identical. So every single thought and reaction that was happening to the human being, the DNA was responding to. And so they took it, they, you know, they did a couple of more tests and they, they worked it out and they did an MRI on people too and all of that stuff and then they sent that DNA like five miles away and tested it the same to see if there was distance to it. Same thing, your DNA is your DNA and it responds to you no matter where it is. Now for those of you who don't know my husband, um, the way he helps his clients, he's, a, uh, he's an arborist, uh, but they'll call him about wild animals and nuisance animals and um, he pees on their roof and all around their yard <laughs> to keep the possums and the skunks and everything that you don't want in your yard out of your yard. He told my brother this, and my brother called me from Ohio and said, I know this is kind of funny, but um, I, I was peeing in my yard and I thought of you guys. <laughs> so, you know, I brought it up because if you think about it, his DNA is all over the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> I read, the, I read the study even more fully, you know, it's like, think of, you know, this was the scary, when Antoinette heard this for the first time, she was like, dang, we're the DNA of our parents. So whatever's happening to our parents, whatever's happening to our children, whatever's, we are resonating as far as away as Columbus, Ohio. You understand that? The, ma the, the dynamic of that? And then we wonder why we get up in a certain kind of mood one morning, you know? You don't know what's happening in, you know, 12 states away. It could be affecting you. And I find it refreshing to know this information so that I can kind of clear everything so that I know where I can put my mind that day and my thoughts and my feelings so that I can feel free, which is what you're here to do, rather than oppressed by whatever is happening out there in all the DNA landing all over the planet and landing on you, right? We all live in a world where we go out and we traverse everybody's energy. And who here escapes it? Yeah. I mean, we have people coming on the property, but you know, literally, I, I used to live in New York City and be amongst it, right? And in the city and amongst it until we got evicted because we had 11 wolves that they said we couldn't live in Studio City anymore with. <laughs> but um, 
I don't get it as much as you probably get it, right? I don't get it because I'm up here in la-la land with my beautiful wolves and the people who come with great big hearts to come and meet them and help us save them in the wild. This is my world, right? And still, people come and they bring whatever they bring with them, right? But somehow, I know what I, it feels confirming because I feel it when I leave. I can feel it in a big way. That's why our homes are such sacred spaces. You know, the, um, the Native Americans, the burden basket that we talk about um, at the end, a burden basket um, in the Native American um, culture is um, what they give mostly to women. And the women in the tribes were not allowed to carry more than they could bear because they couldn't afford to lose anybody to injury. So the size of your burden basket depended on how much you could carry. And when it was empty, they would put it outside their lodgings to remind themselves not to bring the burdens or any burdens into their home space. So that every time they entered, they knew they were going in to experience love, to bring those thoughts, to bring that energy, that harmony and balance to the family and nurture each other overnight and then start again the next day. That's hard to do when you have a home office <laughs> where the phone still rings every night. We've got computers and electronics going on. Every, you know what I mean? You walk in your house and actually make that your purpose, right? Dinner time has even become not something that you sit around the family and, you know, <laughs> pray over the energetic nature of that food and the gift of the nurturing and stuff. The whole lifestyle has changed. And we do it without thinking about it. I have a burden basket on my door. Margie made it for me. Just to every time I walk through my front door, I have a reminder to have an intention of what I'm bringing into my house. It's really important for your heart, for your soul. Heart intelligence, the heart which generates as much it is the heart, which generates a much stronger electromagnetic field than the brains, provides the energetic field that binds together the higher dimensional structures and the body's many systems as well as its DNA. Think about that. So are you leading with your heart? I talk about it all the time. Your heart's desire is taking you where you need to go. Depending on what has happened to you and the impact that it's happened to you, most of us are up here trying to figure out how to traverse it, right? In an intellectual, in an intelligent way and stuck up here in what to do, what to do, what to do. And any spiritual path will tell you that it's inside of you. But when they point to where it's inside of you, this is where they point. This is where they say to go to. This is where your answers are. Some people, if I say it, it's so simple, really. You know what I mean? Your gut will tell you when something's wrong. But your gut cannot come up with a solution. Only your heart can. So when something's wrong here, don't try to fix it here. 
You cannot solve a problem in the energy it was created in. Many people have repeated that quote. We think it's Einstein. But you cannot solve a problem if you're in your gut. You or up here sometimes. I mean, you can figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to plan it after you find out what's in your heart to do. So solve it there. Solve it there. And it's scientific, guys. We've scientifically proven it. <laughs> it's not just me standing up here and doing, oh, spiritual this, oh, spiritual that, right? You get that a lot. <laughs> they have proven it. It's the energy of your heart that makes your life work, that makes your relationships work, that makes everything work. And sometimes it's the last place we will go to search for our answers because our hearts are hurt. It's as simple as that, too. Now, I see a room full of people. You would not be here if you did not want some kind of spiritual healing path in order to lead your life with, right? I know people have come here before and they've left before now because this was not the place for them, right? And you're still sitting here and listening to me. <laughs> but this is what I'm here to do and what these wild animals taught us. Until I met Paul and I had even looked up a wolf, I had no idea this energetic thing that we do. Now, for freedom, I brought him in here because of the independent nature. And even though we live in communities, unless there's some kind of conflict or gut thing or some kind of heart thing, wolves who become lone wolves would never leave their pack. So you'd have like these massive packs. I'm a lone wolf in my family. They're in Ohio, all of them except me. You know what I mean? And you may be a lone wolf that left because you had to in order to gain your purpose and do your purpose. It's not like because you have to be against family. Freedom does, has nothing against his pack except that he wants to free fall out there. <laughs> you know? And there's a natural selection to it. Maybe you have been a natural selection to leave your pack and not be commanded by it. And in order to do that, you have to know that that's your purpose. Because the draw to come back there and to be part of that and to behave yourself and to restrict yourself from where your heart is telling you to go is kind of built into our system and our culture. And so that's how important it is that you know who you are, that you know you're special, whole, and complete, and that you matter, and that your voice matters, and that your heart matters. And no matter what has happened to you, the good, bad, and the ugly will affect you and affect your ability to function if you don't know who you are. It will take you out of the game, and you'll still be alive. And you'll still be here, and years and years will go by. But that is not free-falling into the, your purpose. That is not feeling free enough to be who you are and to go out there and to live that life. The authentic self is the soul made visible. Are you standing up? 
Meredith Monk says the inner voice has both gentleness and clarity. So to get to authenticity, you really keep going down to the bone, to the honesty and to the inevitability of something. Down to your DNA, if you will. So now I'm going to tell you about the amygdala again. Anybody heard of the amygdala? Okay. I'm going to read it to you. Amygdala is the emotional core of your mind. Same part of the brain that responds to a physical threat responds to an intellectual one. Biologically, we are wired to react to threatening information the same way we would react to being attacked by a predator. Usually, this develops from childhood. Core beliefs are entrenched in our being, inflexible, rigid, and incredibly sensitive to being challenged. 7.5 billion people carrying around their beliefs like precious gems wrapped in little hand grenades. I, oh my, <laughs> she slaps her face, right? Oh my. I grew up in one of those situations where it took me a lot to trust to even marry someone. Do you know what I mean? To let someone in. And that marriage lasted three years. I was 21. By 24, I was divorced. Divorce was not a reality that I could grasp. That's what sort of this is kind of talking about. And yet, I had no choice because he was leaving and there was nothing I could do about it. And so that reality changed my footing. It was as though the earth opened up and I fell in. That's how hard it was on me to take. Now, I'm not saying prepare yourself for divorce. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say, because I can see the minds going there, right? No. My personhood, who I am, did not change because of what he did is something that I had never been taught. So what I came away with was there must be something horribly, terribly wrong with me to have trusted and then been betrayed. Does that make sense? And so that imprint and that impression was so hard for me to grasp. When any time that there's a trauma, the first thing that you do is go into shock. And I recently read and found out that we have this hormone in our bodies that acts like morphine, that sets off when we get into a trauma. And it helps you, it's a survival technique so that you don't feel the pain, do you know what I mean, of the circumstance. But if you understand if you survive the circumstance and then you get into another circumstance that triggers that memory or that trauma again, guess where you go? You get anesthetized. And then if that doesn't work, we have 25% of the, that 7.5 billion people who are addicted to some kind of substance to feel that feeling again so that you don't have to go through it. So I can stand up here and easily tell you that you're just supposed to feel free <laughs> and go about your lives feeling free. You know, we're trying, we're trying. But this is what is going on. 
biologically, intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, in our systems living in this community all over the world, affected by each other and the whole. And who know, even knows what's out in the universe that's happening? Do you know what I mean? That landed here when also when that, you know, when the Big Bang happened. So I read this thing, and the whole point of this um, talk was um, inspired by this thing that I read on Facebook. And um, I shared it on both my pages, so if you want to go home and read it. But here's the thing. This woman was talking about in seventh grade that she had an assignment, that the whole class had an assignment. And they were, she was, the teacher was going to read a book out loud, and she got everybody to bring out their notes and to take notes while she was talking. And then about 10 minutes into reading this book, she chose one student in the class to call him out for not taking notes and why is he not taking notes. And yet he had a pad on his, pa pa on his desk and he was taking notes and everybody else around him knew he had been taking notes. But there was no one person that said, look, this is his pad. He has notes here. So the people who, some of the students started to, to raise their hands and say, and stand up for him, and the teacher shut them down and said, no, you are wrong. He was not taking notes. I know better. And then she sent him, she got him up out of the room, and she sent him to the principal's office and walked him there as the class just sat there in horror, but saying nothing. And then 10 minutes later, she comes back in, and she walks into the door, and she says, see how easy that was? See how easy was it for me to tell you that you did not see what you saw, that you do not know what you know. That's how easy it is to get an entire room on your side because we are socialized to respect our elders. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seventh grade students, how old are you? 11, 12? By 11 and 12, they were already domesticated not to stand up for what's right. And the book they were reading was Anne Frank, which is why she made that the lesson. I can feel that all the way down my spine. So I know that there are times in my life that people did not speak up for me. Someone said, this is the truth about Colette, and it was wrong, but everybody believed it because it was too threatening to believe themselves and to believe me and to trust me. And I dare anybody to raise your hand that that has never happened to you. Yeah, I got a whole room of people who's not raising their hand. How does it feel? How does that feel? to know that there are lies out there about you that people perpetrated and then shared. And then you've got social media today. I can't imagine being a teenager today. I can't even imagine. It's crazy. Bullies could not exist if kids didn't stand up and go, stop it as a community. They wouldn't get very far. But that's how easy it is to fall into a situation 
because you're not being taught that you are perfect, whole, and complete, and that you matter, and that we all matter, and who's standing up for who? And can you? And then take those consequences, because an entire community can come back on you. This whole room could turn against me just because I stand up for Carla. Depending on how you're going to accept the information and what you're going to believe about the situation and what you're going to know about your fellow human being. I go back again. You have a gut reaction. The answer and the solution is in your heart. And everybody deserves the heart of you. Everybody. There are past circumstances where I was in trouble. Do you know what I mean? Everybody has those moments. There are people in my life that, that still remember that girl. Do you know what I mean? And they have made a decision that that girl that they met 30 years ago, and in my family's case, that they grew up with, do you know what I mean? is this person and not the person you see standing here today, as though we cannot grow, as though we cannot open up, as though we cannot heal. It's really, really, really important that we just see each other anew every single moment. I don't know what you did yesterday, right? But if you disappointed yourself today is a new day. If you disappointed somebody else, you can make amends or you can walk away, depending on where their thoughts are going to go about you, which you have no control over and you cannot do anything about, except know who you are and hang on to that always. Always know who you are. Henry David Thoreau, I was not designed to be forced. I will breathe after my own fashion. Let us see who is the strongest. If you don't know Henry David Thoreau, he was a big rebel of his day. He had to spend most of his time alone because he thought totally different than his community. He went to jail because he didn't believe in a war and he didn't want to pay taxes. There's a play written about it. The night Thoreau spent in jail. <laughs> And he was very disappointed that his aunt paid his bail because it was too embarrassing for one of her relatives to be in jail. He wanted to stay. <laughs> That's knowing who you are. Guess what? I don't know her name today. like the early 1800s. I know his name. 200 years later. Because he stood up and spoke his truth. He was transparent to who he was. And he didn't care what other people thought. And he didn't, he did, he walked to the beat of his own heart. And he wrote about it. And he had, he left a legacy to help us remember to do the same here in this moment today. 
Eckhart Tolle says, only the truth of who you are, if realized, will set you free. We're looking for that freedom. How do we set ourselves free and have a funner life, to have a more fulfilling life, to make our mark like, like freedom does? While well, Greg was singing, took me to the door. He had to go mark some more space. <laughs> make your mark. He just left his DNA out on those flowers over there. You can do that too. I mean, not in that way, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt says, remember always that you do not only have the right to be an individual, you have an obligation to be one. If it's true, which I believe, that we are perfect, whole, and complete, and that we were created for a divine purpose, how could you not go out and be that authentically, right? And risk whatever that's going to cause. Risk whatever those circumstances might be. Now, in my lifetime, I fi end up finding like-minded people along the way. In my rebellious nature. Now, it took a while because it hurt to pull myself away from people who did not want me to express myself fully was annoying to them and they couldn't control it and I had what was in me like freedom to take off and away from my pack so I could find out what my divine purpose is to do and I can love them from afar if they hate who I am because of their own amygdalas and their own brains and their own traumas and their own PTSD and their own pasts, which affect you but have nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Carrie Bradshaw says, maybe some men aren't meant to be tamed. Maybe they just need to run free until they find someone just as wild to run with. <laughs> I found a two-legged wild one in the midst of 10 four-legged ones, right? And even to my own amygdala, that seems impossible how I thought my life was going to turn out. Monique Duval says she decided to free herself, dance into the wind, create a new language, and birds fluttered around her writing yes in the sky. Don't you want that to be you? <laughs> Don't you want to dance around like you were a kid when it just felt like you had the world coming to you? You know, when's the last time you danced around without a substance? <laughs> to free you up, <laughs> right? <laughs> to remove your inhibitions. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a long story I'm not going to tell you now but um, I believe I was reincarnated many times but that I used to be a Native American who lived on this property and her name was Eagle Dancer and I wish I had it in me to do the Eagle Dance that I'm practicing but I just fly some stage and I take my fan and I eagle dance. But only when nobody's here. 
because of what it does for me, right? I don't know if it's true. I believe it to be true. It doesn't matter. It helps my heart. It makes me feel good. I can start my day <laughs> like the eagle flies. You know what I mean? Whatever that is for you, allow yourself to find it, right? I don't know what it is. You can do it in private or you can do it in public. Just do it. Find that thing that you can wake up with and give you a touchstone that says, you know what? I deserve my life. And I'm going to be transparent and authentic, and I am going to know the truth, like the truth truth. No matter what anybody says or no matter how it lands on me, and I'm fearful of it. The science of the amygdala says that when anything, a fact, a reality, do you know what I mean? A circumstance, an event in life hits you and hits that place that you don't believe it's true, everybody else is seeing an elephant when you're seeing a mouse. Which one do you want to look for? Do you want to see the elephant that everybody else is seeing and you want to commit to that? Or do you want to see what the amygdala wants you to know, that it's just a little mouse? And live your life there, in that small place where you cannot grasp the enormity and the energy of your life and your purpose and why your feet landed here and what to do about it. Susie Kasem, all you have to do is learn to use your heart before your mind to see things. There is no light greater than truth and it shines at the heart of all creation. Be like a butterfly and celebrate it every day. It's inside you. Be aware of it so it can cultivate it to grow stronger and bigger. Marianne Williamson says, as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. So if I can do anything today, you know, by letting my truth, do you know what I mean, out, if it gives you some like moment or idea or spark to go and live authentically, truly who you are and what you were meant to be, then I've done something good today that I can be proud of. And I'm bringing Greg up now. He's going to sing Lionel Richie's Easy. Easy like a Sunday morning. <laughs> Welcome, Greg. <laughs> Sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow It seems to me, girl, you know I've done all I can You see, I'm big, stolen, I'm borrowed Yeah is why I'm easy 
busy like Sunday morning, yeah, yeah, cause I'm easy, I'm easy like Sunday morning, why in the world would anybody put chains on me? I've paid my dues to make it Everybody wants me to be what they want me to be I'm not happy when I try and fake it No, who's why I'm easy I'm easy like Sunday morning, yeah, 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 cause I'm easy, yeah, I'm easy like Sunday morning, I wanna be Just me, oh baby Cause I'm easy I'm easy like Sunday morning Yeah, yeah Cause I'm Thank you. That's how we should feel every day. <laughs> so, freedom is always just one positive thought away. There is a starlight sky waiting for you to ignite your light. And Edna St. Vincent Millay says, the soul can split the sky in two and let the face of God shine through. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for, um, first of all, indulging me for those of my regulars that used to come every week. <laughs> Something had to give. <laughs> so every third Sunday of Monday, we are, it's every third Sunday of the month, we are here. Um, it had been four, four years without one day off, so. Uh, thank you so much for um, uh, your appreciation. Um, just so you know, we don't pass a basket here, um, but we are, um, if you have a monetary gift that you want to share with us, there's a couple of jars out there, and we do survive and keep the lights on and keep them fed by the generosity of strangers. So thank you so much for that. Um, we do have a um, burden basket out here that I talked about before. If you want to write your burdens and put them in that basket, I'm going to burn them and say a prayer for you and let them go. We also have a gratitude jar there, which is a little Navajo jar with a black wolf on it and has turquoise. If there's anything you're grateful for, write it down and put it in that jar. 
Um, if you would like to join our podcasts, you can find it from our website, from uh, the uh, Wolf Wisdom Gathering site, and then you can just join. And um, any talks that if you enjoyed this, you can hear all my past talks. We started in December of this year, so um, please go and listen and follow and share and all that stuff. <laughs> so what I'd like to do right now is just close with um, a song that I always do, which is called You Are the Face of God. And it has sign language to it. You are the face of God. I hold you in my heart. You are a part of me. You are the face of God.